Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, guys. It is Saturday night. It is time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by today, uh, Eric Trickle. Uh, Luke Patterson is out enjoying Mother's Day with the family, and happy early Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, Eric, happy Mother's Day to you as well. Obviously, Mother, you have a uh, wife as well, so uh, shout out to you guys. Yeah, I mean, not sure what we're going to do for it. I think I'll probably pull out some nice steaks and cook them up or something. But mm. outside of that, no idea what the plans are for it. Well, that's uh, that's OK. Sometimes it's a little bit uh, senior pants yeah. or you're just kind of, you know, she's watching right now. So you don't want to give anything away. You have this extravagant uh, thing pulled off with Rosie. Um, but yeah, guys, welcome in. Make sure you are following Eric and I. Eric is on uh, Twitter at Eric Trickle and I am on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at MHI underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook groups at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a review. And please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. If you have not done so yet, click the subscribe button and hit the bell notification. Um, Diamond Rattler's in the house saying receiver, fifth and sixth spots, tight end, cornerback, going to be interesting to watch. So yeah, we're going to get to that in a a bit uh obviously we're gonna let, let the, the chat breathe for a little bit as more people comes in here at paul speaking of which hello ogs thank you so much paul and thank you f- to uh gary leeds palmer coming as well i see you gary uh dropping the like over on facebook uh eric we didn't really get a chance yesterday to go further into the beyond uh the first two picks that were uh, nick benito and um uh, greg dulcich uh so kind of wanted to start it off uh, with the Broncos fourth round picks. We didn't talk a little bit about them, but let's start it off first. Um, first off, so I want to say hello to Dave Griffin saying good evening, guys. Go abs. Yeah, abs are up three to zero right now. I think Eric, are you, are you a big hockey guy? I mean, there's gotta be some hockey up there in Alaska, right? That, that's gotta be a thing. No, I don't I don't know anything about hockey. Um, I was actually reading a thing earlier about like six overtime and seventh overtime and everything. No idea if it's true or not, but if it is, it'd be totally awesome. Cause one of them is like, you have five pucks on the ice at the same time. And, but yeah, I don't know anything about hockey. I didn't even know the playoffs were going on. Like hmm. hockey's just way out there for me. I kind of grew to not despise hockey, but, uh, I went to college at a small liberal arts school on the Mississippi river called Augustana college. And at the time the Blackhawks were like, dominant so everybody was a blackhawks fan and you know just like when when you don't care and then everybody else cares and like is talking about all the time you start to not like it as much so uh don't really like the blackhawks also i mean i guess if i had to rep any team it would be the avalanche or the blues those would be my teams because i got a lot of family in the central east side of missouri area but uh keeping it here we got uh lewis 
content saying can't wait to be able to send stars yeah lewis we'll we'll appreciate that when that comes but either way hanging out with us make sure you subscribe to us if you can i know not everybody's in the position to do that so that's totally fine we're happy that you're contributing to the chat um in here tonight as you're uh Saturday night before Mother's Day. Uh, Damari Mathis, first guy. Broncos using pick 115 at him. Eric, I'm going to ask you a little buy or sell here. Broncos were interested in Damari Mathis as early as 75, and they just got, quote unquote, lucky uh, with him falling all the way to 115. Yeah, I mean, they were talking the, behind the Broncos. We talked about it a lot last night that they were mentioning him at pick 64, and they seemed to be fine with it. So I I'm excited because I thought I was really high on mathis and i was one that yeah at 64 i would have considered him depending on how things fell and everything and so I, I like it he was a lot higher on my board he was one of the guys that i felt had value in this broncos class i like this pick i'm excited to see what mm -hmm. they can do i think he's such a great fit with what we believe evero wants to do obviously just going off the assumption he's kind of bringing in a little bit of what he did in los angeles but I like this pick, and I mean, the next pick, too, and we'll definitely get to that. I mean, my reaction on that says everything about that pick right there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really like those guys who are, in today's NFL, we talked about it yesterday on defense. You want guys who can do a lot of different things. That's true for pass rushers even. I mean, I think you can see the Rams last year with their usage of Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. A lot of what is known as simulated pressure, where who's coming, who's going. It's almost a little bit of a Dick LeBeau, if you will. You know, your heavy uh, Steelers zone 3-4 influence, where that edge rusher is just as likely to drop back into coverage as your inside linebacker coming downhill. I think that makes a lot of sense with Nick Benito. It makes a lot of sense with what they're talking about with Baron Browning. True on the back end with coverage as well. So Damari Mathis, is he going to play slot? Is he going to be boundary? Will he be a safety? I think we're fixing to find out over time, but uh, wh where do you find his, or where do you believe his final will, home will be on the Broncos roster? Or is it something where year one is one thing and then beyond could turn into more? I think year one, we're just going to see him be this versatile defender, kind of a little bit of what we need you to be. And after this, I definitely think that, well, I think he's a little bit better inside. I think that they are looking at him to replace Ronald Darby after this year. Okay. The, just being able to co cut that cost, save that money. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times. I've talked about it multiple times. You're, you're, you're going to get that point where you have to pay Russell Wilson. So you got to be, you know, cutting the cost where you can. And Ronald Darby is one of those ways you can. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we got Kathy coming in here. Hiya, fam. Hope everyone is well. Glad I made it in time for the ball shaving ad. Absolutely, Kathy. Always here for it. We, we saved it for you. So appreciate you coming. And now we can go. Now the show can start. Now the show can start also. Phil McLaughlin's in here sending us stars, sending us love last night, sending us love today. We really appreciate you, Phil. And uh, Phil says for you listeners at home or you people, you know, cooking yourself a pre-Mother's Day dinner, just listening to the show, uh, says sending love to all the mothers on MHH this weekend. Hashtag let's ride. So uh, yeah, shout out to the moms. Man, I, I love my mom. I don't know about you, Eric, but <laughs> I absolutely love my mom. I miss her a lot. I hope she's uh, doing well. I'll see her soon for my sister's wedding coming up here. Michael also enjoying the uh, the ball reading ad, I think. Or that's he's really excited about Star Wars, and it's the uh, the TIE fighter. right? That's what all the LOLs look like when I see them. <laughs> um, Jeff Noyes coming in. You missed May the 4th there, Michael. What's going on? Jeff Noyes saying, hello, Eric, Nick, and Broncos country. Good to see you, Jeff. Uh, Jay's also in the house saying, I'd say Russell Simmons, Bulls, and Williams are the best bets to start this year. 
think you're I think you're pretty safe with those ones. We appreciate you, Jay. Uh, we'll get into that here in a bit. We want to go through that day three of the Broncos picks first, but we'll, we'll definitely get into the battles, and I think that'll lead right into it, honestly. Uh, Jeff Noyes also saying, I think the offensive line competition will be interesting. Yes, it will on the inside. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Chase Wellner saying, howdy, y'all. Howdy to you. And I see Orange flashing in here uh, saying for Eric's classic reaction on draft night. Yeah, we'll get into that one. We're going to have to. <laughs> I, I think I was pretty uh, excited about that too, but it just seemed reserved <laughs> compared to yours. I was like, wow, that's a good pick. So, so watching it, the funny thing is you see Carl's hand just kind of raised because you, you want to do it. Oh. And I look down at my phone and see and get the and see that text message, that notification of it. And then you're just wow. Like this. Yeah, wow. Really, really, not super excited, but like not not excited. Wow either. So yeah. it's it just like a complete contrast of different reactions to it. Yeah, probably my second favorite pick of the entire draft for the Broncos on that one. Um, it was a good pick. We'll get into that some more here. But thank you so much, Paul, for your support. My, that really, that helps so much. Um, also, support coming in. Gary Leeds Palmer gave us the thumbs up on the way in. Gary, guys, be like Gary. If you join us on Facebook, click the thumbs up. Says, so happy to be watching Eric and Nick back-to-back nights. Absolutely. So sorry, you guys. Um, he says, you guys rock. We appreciate that. Uh, also, shout out to Paul again, saying uh, for the support. Uh, Travis in the house, too, saying uh, good evening again, Eric and Nick. Scott and Broncos country still not able to see the live chat conversation. Well, then come join us on YouTube, Travis. I don't know what's going on with the live chat. Maybe it's because it's a uh, Chad made the show about, you know, 10 minutes ago. So there's not as much of the buildup uh, preemptively for that. So uh, we'll see, but um, who knows? And uh, Chase, Chase knows what's going on. Nick refuses to get excited over an ISU player. I sometimes wonder how good Iowa would be in football if Iowa state didn't exist. Cause like they have two state, big state colleges, power five teams in that state, like a, Minnesota doesn't have any, it's a bigger state than Iowa. Wisconsin doesn't have any, it's a bigger state than Iowa. So maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But the one thing I love about Uwuzurike uh, is that he does not know the taste of victory over my Iowa Hawkeyes. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that one a lot. I can't say the same about the two Wisconsin guys, unfortunately. Ugh. But uh, <laughs> my guest coming in saying, what's up, Broncos country? Good to see you. We also got Marcus coming in saying, hi, guys from the UK. Respect to all Bronco fans. Marcus, I hope you get some tickets um, to the Broncos at Jags on Halloween or right around Halloween. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, schedule release next week, uh, next Thursday. So we should know a lot that I'm waiting with bated breath and crossing my fingers and toes that uh, the Broncos going to Seattle does not fall on one of the ample backpacking trips or wedding that I have planned. But uh, sometimes fate be a cruel mistress uh, like that. Dylan Von Arks coming in here too. Thank you so much, Dylan, for everything that's going on. You do helping us in the background. He says, sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. And also Michael saying, go Broncos and Iowa. So we're going to get that one. If you say anything, hot guys, you know, it's everyone drink. Um, that's, that's my bar. That's my barometer for if I want you in the Broncos. If you beat the bleep out of my Hawkeyes, you're probably good enough to be on the, uh, the Broncos for me. So, See, uh, but the best, the best Hawkeye to talk about is the, is Alan Alda. Like that, that's the only one that's really worth talking about. Alan Alda. Oh, okay. I got you. Mash. Or Mash. Yes. Hawkeye. Okay. Wasn't a Kirk Captain Kirk from Iowa too in the Star Trek lore. Uh, I think so. I, I'm not big, then, on Star, not, Star Trek. not big on Star Trek. So. All right. Well, <laughs> I outnerded you there on that one. Who knows? Um, all right. So getting into it, uh, Damari Mathis some more. I really like Damari Mathis in this, uh, this draft, obviously talked about him a lot. I do want to hear your opinion on his style of play versus, three other or two other cornerbacks in this class that I bucketed him similarly and that I would have had, I had rated above Mathis and that ended up going above Mathis as well. So uh, Cam Taylor Britt being one of them, he would have been my favorite uh, out of this kind of hybrid safety off coverage, athletic uh, style cornerback. Um, I know that 
I think I was listening to Eric Delala talk about it, where uh, the Broncos couple scouts were like really excited about getting Mathis there due to the athleticism and the length that he provides. But Cam Taylor Britt, I'd put him in that mold as well. And then Alonta Taylor, who I thought maybe I was taking crazy pills because I watched him like this is a top 50 talent, I think, you know, with the explosion, the length, the physicality. And then somebody like uh, Jordan Reed, who I respect tremendously, is mocking Alonta Taylor to the Broncos in the fifth round, um, which he went in the middle of the second round. I feel a little vindicated on that one. But uh, how do you compare uh, Mathis to those guys? And just that kind of your general thought on that hybrid player that's emerging more and more in the defensive backfield well i mean all three of them were actually really close in my rankings i I believe all three of them had third round grades for me as well i think cam taylor Britt was the an early was an early third for me um damari mathis and alanta taylor i think were mid and late um not for sure off the top of my head um even looking at my board real quick alanta taylor was an early fourth so mathis was somewhere between early third early fourth but i mean they're all not necessarily the same player but they're that same style of player and i liked all of them I, I wanted denver to at least grab one of them because they all have that safety corner versatility for me i thought alante taylor was more a lot more safety in the nfl not so much as that corner whereas the other two obviously you have that boundary aspect with cam taylor Britt, i felt a little bit more than damari mathis all very interesting i'm glad denver grabbed one of them mathis was my of the threes mathis was my number two guy of those ones so super excited for that and especially for where they grabbed him but yeah similar still similar players and taylor Britt went i mean a lot of taylor went a lot higher than i thought he would yeah um i thought that he would probably go in that third fourth round same and so it definitely was interesting that of those three mathis was the one to go the lot was the last one to go do you have any thoughts on that? Why could that be? Is it because the penalties that were associated with Mathis or is there an injury issue or something about his play? Cause obviously, you know, we hear things after the draft, we were both liked Perry on Winfrey decently. Uh, we were advocating for him at pick 64 and the mock simulator we did. And then find out after the fact that, you know, had some issues, some physical issues with coaching staff, which I mean, football's a physical game, but uh, you don't want to be swinging on your coaches. Uh, so is there, have you heard anything about Mathis uh, sliding compared to those other two guys? Well, I think the penalties played a lot into it. Yeah. Um, I want to say the missed tackles may have played a factor as well, but if I remember correctly, that was an issue with Alante Taylor as well. Just not the most consistent tackler. I can't remember off the top of my head, though, if that was a concern with his. Um, but I definitely think that the missed tackles were an issue with Mathis. Yeah. A lot of times where he would just kind of lose control, triggering downhill against the run and not necessarily secure the tackle, but the penalties were probably one of the biggest ones because he had a large amount of penalties over during his career and last year, um, especially. Got to learn to trust his technique and Amy's coming in here saying penalties. Definitely. That's a possibility. They also want to say hello to some people coming in here. Uh, Kaylee on green. Always good as Kaylee man. He always repping in here. Well, good to see you. Kaylee He says, what's up fellas. Happy Saturday. Go Broncos. Uh, also Travis coming back in saying, I'm kind of hoping we open the season with Kansas city and getting that monkey off Denver's back. Uh, what do you think about this? Because I am very much the other way around. Uh, the Broncos are going to be implementing not only a new quarterback with chemistry and all of that stuff, but also uh, a new coaching staff, a new scheme. Do I want the first game to be this hypercharged game against Kansas City? I think if the earlier that Kansas City versus Denver's game is, the more likely Kansas City is to win. And I know Kansas City's also seen somewhat of an offensive rebirth. Uh, their offense is going to change identity with the absence of Tyree Kill going forward, but I think the, you want early. I think you want earlier games this year, so Broncos can kind of get their their footing. Uh, if we could get a similar schedule to last year, you know, where we had those uh, don't want to say gimmies, but you know, playing those non power five level uh, NFL teams, uh, that would be ideal because 
I think it's going to be a little bit slow going uh, early on for the Broncos. And as you people in uh, Broncos country may recall, the Broncos started two and three in uh, the what was it two and two. I think it was two and three in the year that Peyton Manning first came over in 2012. And then after that, they went on an absolute tear. I think only losing one more game the rest of the season until that uh, horrific Ravens game that we won't talk about in the playoffs. Uh, but do you have any thoughts about this Kansas City early, late, middle? I'd, I'd rather close the season with them and play them in the middle of the season as well. I'd rather have the away game in the middle of the season because I definitely don't want that in December than the home game at the yeah. end of the season. I mean, looking at who they have for the opponents, I'd like to see like the Jets, the Texans, the Jaguars, Panthers. I'd like to see those guys earlier on in the season and let them get this get get the um what's the word I'm looking for? Um the work out all the kinks and, and mm-hmm. all that early on against these opponents that are a little bit weaker, so to speak, and then get those tougher competition guys in yeah. or teams in. Absolutely. Andrew Baker coming in here with the support as well, saying sup, Eric, Nick, and Scott and my family. Family now, Andrew. We love you, man. That's nice. Uh make sure you save a plate for me tomorrow at uh the Mother's Day dinner. Uh with the nickelback draft. I think that's what he means. Um, does this put the rest of the idea of Browning moving to edge? Uh, I don't think the, the idea of Browning moving to edge is put to rest, but I also think it's severely overblown. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Eric, uh, about Baron Browning. I have thoughts. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it, but have you heard anything or do you have any idea of all this Baron Browning cross-training conversation? I don't think, I, I think people are so focused on like, oh, he's going to be a full-time edge. Oh, he's going to be full-time off-ball linebacker he's both he's going to be both he's going to be a hybrid between the two they're going to depending on down distance situation or thing he's going to be off ball or he's going to be playing on the edge it's not one or the other it's just a little bit of both and it's kind of going to be a little bit similar to how he was in college yeah and this this comes back to something i was hitting at earlier Uh, if you guys get a chance it's over on youtube you can find it uh simulated pressure by friend of the show somebody i talked with on the draft and dm'd a few times uh Ben Solak over on the ringer. Now um, he did a really awesome three-part series. Each of videos like 15 minutes long about uh, defenses in today's NFL. And the last video of that series was about simulated pressures. And it talked about uh, Mike Zimmer being the godfather of the simulated pressures, you know, just different ways teams are trying to create chaos up front while still only rushing four or five guys and dropping into seven, but not being static. Um, if you line up four and then, you know, your two linebackers and your five defensive backs every time, it, Deep quarterbacks, especially the more veteran ones and good schemers, will pick you apart. So what you're doing more so now is to create chaos, having guys who play multiple roles. And we've seen it more and more in the NFL. Um, Even sometimes you see defensive tackles, defensive linemen drop into space into a little hook zone to take away those crossing routes uh, where linebackers, edge rushers, etc. are coming instead. So this, to me, is screaming Baron Browning's cross-training. You'll still see some... Uh, stack linebacker. If Peyton's going to call it stack linebacker, then God bless. That's what we'll use instead of off ball. Uh, but I think you'll see some things where Brian Bryan's going to be lined up as a mug, uh, which is like over an a gap right over the center uh, line up on edge sometimes. And is he coming? Is he going? I don't know. Um, but the same with Nick Benito lined up at that wide nine technique. So uh, going to be a lot of fun. I am man. What I'd give to sit down in a room and ask is uh, ever some questions. Are we going to see more of the Brandon Staley style of defense with what he used at the Rams? Or is it going to be more of the Raheem Morris uh, where it's much more cover three and five guys along the line, line of scrimmage versus four fixing to find out. Um, but but uh, the, the Rams did a lot of simulated pressures. You're going to see those edge rushers dropping into space a lot. I think specifically uh, Benito and Gregory, maybe it's maybe not as much Bradley Chubb, but I think Gregory and Benito have the, fluidity uh to drop into space sometimes if you want to do that and i think if 
if he's even on the Broncos, I think another one we can see do that as Malik Reed. As much crap as you and I have both given him, his dropping into coverage ha- has been decent when he's been asked to do it. But I definitely agree. Bradley Chubb, I don't I don't expect him. If he's on the field, he's going after the quarterback. Gregory and Benito, I think both of them have potential and upside working in coverage. Um, Gregory, I don't know if he's done it a whole lot at Dallas, but he definitely has the movement skills for it. Yeah. And Benito, a lot of people I talked to can felt that he could be this hybrid um, edge rusher that could also be used to drop into coverage, spy the quarterback, things like that. Bruce Irvin role, baby. That's what it's, I mean, it's really lining up like that. And he was a good player uh, for a while. And if you can get Bruce Irvin's career at 64, uh, then that's not the worst. Uh, we got Phil coming back in saying, uh, Will Wattenberg, center of the Broncos, traded up for in the fifth round to get out of Washington, uh, beat out Cushionberry for center, or will Quinn be in the conversation also? So Eric, I'm going to answer the first one on this one. If Wattenberg sees the field this season, something went wrong. Um, this is not, it's not really a disrespect totally to Wattenberg, but uh, based on what I saw for his tape at Washington, I think he is a slightly better athlete than Cushionberry, but much weaker at the point of attack right now. And I don't need people pushing. Uh, Cushionberry is not super strong at the point of attack. Don't get me wrong, but I think Wattenberg will be in Russell Wilson's lap a lot early and often if you're playing him at center. So hopefully you don't see Wattenberg this year. I think Wattenberg is going to get a red shirt season and uh, cross train and hopefully become maybe a, oh gosh, a Graham Glasgow replacement where he just can play all three of the interior spots. If he becomes a starter, that's great. But even as a fifth round pick, if he becomes your super interior swing for cheap, uh, that's not a bad use of a fifth round pick. Uh, any thoughts on that? And also what about Quinn in the conversation for center? Well, I think that part of the reason from what I heard of that they were willing to take Wattenberg is that they believed he was the last center that could actually start right away as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to hand him the position, yeah. but I definitely think that he has a chance to beat out Cushionberry for it. I think though the ball is kind of in Cushionberry's court a little bit because he has yeah. that experience at least, and he has had some time working with uh, Russell Wilson. And from things that I believe you've heard and I've heard as well is that Russell Wilson is comfortable with Lloyd Cushionberry, mm-hmm. not so much with Graham Glasgow. Part of the reason being height. As for Quinn Miners, it seems like he's the right guard, and it doesn't seem like there's much interest in moving him away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Quinn at right guard, I think, makes the most sense. Uh, Things can change. The more he can cross-train, the more valuable he's going to be. Um, But uh, I think your guards, barring an injury, are pretty set. Uh, Can't Quinn moving to center would be more valuable, but the same could be said about, you know, Reisner, the ability to do that, not necessarily that they wind up there. But the more you can do, especially on the interior, uh, the better you're going to be. So, uh, Damari Mathis, any final thoughts? So, we've been hyping him up as one of our favorite picks this year. What are the reasons why Damari Mathis doesn't see the field that much this year? What goes wrong for him? What are some reasons that, you know, maybe fans should temper their expectations for his rookie season? Well, I mean, just sometimes his decision making. Um, and uh, his over-aggressive nature at times mm-hmm. when he's coming downhill against the run. Um, I've talked about it before. I mean, pro football focus, they don't have him with a lot of missed tackles, but there's a lot of times where he doesn't go with a clean base and he just kind of hits the guy without actually bringing him down or anything. Um, yeah. and doesn't really dis- disrupt his, disrupt the ball carrier. Um, and, and so that's something that can be on it. And then the penalties as well, just trying to get him to be more consistent with his technique and trust in his technique is definitely something that they will want to do and that could potentially keep him off the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. Ernie's coming in over on YouTube, not over Facebook, where sometimes we see Ernie, but good to see you, Ernie Mays. Uh, CC also talking about uh, CB2 is Darby's job as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, as long as stays health, as long as he stays healthy, is doing a good bit of lifting in this sentence, but absolutely right. Uh, he's He's underrated. He's not great. Um, not a you know 
total star. I think he's pretty similar to uh, Bradley Roby, to be completely honest, like play style, even the athleticism, you know, I, Roby, I think is more versatile because he did some nickel stuff where I don't think Darby's done very much from the slot, uh, but uh, a good player. I, I guess that's doesn't even matter because Roby almost played always the boundary with uh, CH uh, Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. Kicking into the slot. So I think actually is a good comp. <laughs> good job, Nick. Um, I'll pat myself on the back here. Um, moving along now, if anybody has any other well, questions, Oh, go ahead. Quick, I, wanted, I wanted to grab this one. Um, Amy, right. Eric, would you have taken Jalen armor? David or yeah, Jalen armor Davis over Mathis? Just curious. I personally like Mathis. I love Mathis. He's my second favorite pick of the draft. I'm super glad when Denver got him, I would not have taken him over Jalen armor Davis. who I was really low on, uh, went a lot higher than I thought. I think he had like a fifth round grade for me. Yeah. Ravens took him though. So maybe he ends up being a good one. Um, uh, that's a, We'll see how it plays out. Like I said, I liked, uh, I think Cam Taylor Britt was my favorite tackler in this class um, from the defensive back spot, or I guess cornerback spot. And uh, I think Alante Taylor was even more twitched up coming downhill than either of those guys. He had a couple games where uh, he broke on that ball coming from like an overhang or off coverage position that moved different than some of the first round cornerbacks in this class, you know, so love the tools there. And he hit his tackling wasn't always great form, but you know, killed people <laughs> when he hit them. So I liked him a good bit, uh, but happy to have uh, Damari Mathis. Um, moving on now, we got Owuzurike, uh, uh, the defensive lineman, a versatile guy from Iowa State, you know, had 6'6", 335 and an eighth arm inch, arm length off the top of my head, uh, played in a 3-3-5 stack defense or a 3-2-6 sometimes as well for Iowa State, um, had a lot of responsibilities on that front to rush the quarterback while also containing the quarterback and playing the run. So kind of almost the opposite of, uh, we talked a lot yesterday about Nick Benito. A lot of his analytical production came because you don't have to worry about playing the run. You're playing the gap run past. I don't care. You know, shoot that gap and get in the backfield. That's production. God bless you. Uh, it playing edge totally differently, having to take care of both lanes, having to rush with only three guys. So getting bodies taken on uh, run first contain and rushing through the blocker to get to the passer. Excited about him, uh, general thoughts, and potential role year one for the Broncos. I mean, I think it, it's tough because I want to say he has a chance to compete to be the starter, but after the Vic Fangio staff, where they really didn't like to get rookies out there on the field early on, I don't want to say it. But, I mean, with what they're looking for, for that other 4 eye technique opposite Draymond Jones next to DJ Jones, he can fit. I think of on those on the roster, he is the best one to fit into that role right away but there's i mean there's issues with this tape i mean he's not yeah. exactly the most bursty of guys but that's fine for the role that they're looking at i yeah. don't think he ends up starting but i think he has a pretty decent sized role on the defensive line with rotating people out and trying to keep people fresh and especially with the versatility that he can bring with his ability to get out the quarterback as well as some decent strength to sit there in two gap or even one and a half gap depending on you know the the, the circumstance yeah, no, that's a that's a great call there on that one. And let's say hello to a few people in here. Travis coming back in saying, "Will Simmons and Stearns or Simmons and Kjack at safety?" Uh, it's going to be Simmons, Stearns, and Kjack. <laughs> I think how often you're going to see more three safety sets than I think even two safety sets uh, this season, or at least pretty darn close. Um, early on, it's going to be Simmons and Kareem Jackson. But uh, if Caden Stearns is playing well, or Kareem Jackson, you know, dings it up, then uh, don't be surprised if uh, Stearns comes and takes that role. Uh, but I think early on, I would bet on Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons being your starting uh, safety duo, if you will. Uh, Jay Valentine coming in here saying Bulls, Glasgow, Wattenberg, Miners, Turner, Anderson. Um, 
Bowles, Reisner, Cushenberry, Miners, Turner. That's, I think that's basic. That's the easy one, but that's house money. You know, that's like, that's the one I bet yeah. on for the Broncos, barring injury. Um, what do you think about this? Dis, uh, getting rid of Reisner here for this starting lineup. I think that's probably a bit of a long shot. Uh, I know that, you know, Reisner has not been incredible for Denver by any means, especially the fact that Reisner went before Elton Jenkins, who has been a all pro interior level player for the Packers there, which is, is a bummer. Um, but, Reisner has been fine. I think you're going back to the outside zone scheme, which he was originally drafted for. And also Reisner's entering the last year of his deal. Best thing for the Broncos for, for Dalton Reisner is that Dalton Reisner plays so well this season that he goes and gets the uh, Zane Beatles contract from a team like the Jags or one of those, you know, bottom teams. Like we have a lot of cap because you know, what are we doing? Let's pay to solidify the offensive line, give Dalton Reisner, not a top of the market deal, but enough to give you maybe a 2024 fourth round comp pick or a fifth round comp pick. I think that's the best path uh, for the Broncos with Reisner going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that I've been rather harsh on Reisner and he absolutely has deserved it. The inside gap power scheme that, that Shermer was such a um, fan of the inside zone, yeah. just not the best fit for him when they went and did some outside zone concepts. Reisner looked fine. I mean, this is a scheme that really fits him and something that he can do well in. And I'm with you. I mean, looking at the future, the future draft capital, Compens- comp- uh, extra compensatory pick in 2024 would be ideal and that would should be the route that you're going for maybe if he's willing to take a little bit of a discount you can look at keeping them but yeah. you've drafted guys that you could look at as like okay we're gonna we're just we're just gonna move on here and we're gonna roll with wattenberg at left guard or we're gonna keep glasgow around for another year and he's gonna be our left guard or whatever the case may be yeah, absolutely. And Roy Osborne showing his Midwesternism here, saying, sorry I'm late. I just got back from a cornhole tournament. You must be in the Midwest if you're calling it cornhole, because everywhere out here, whatever I've ever said that, they look at me like I said a dirty word, or I'm like, you know, they're about to kink shame me. Oh, it's bags. No, it's cornhole. You're from the Midwest. I'm calling it Roy. Uh, Roy, are you are you familiar with cornhole, Eric? No, when you, movies that you watch? No, when you mentioned cornhole to me the first time, I had no clue what you're talking about, because... Just like the what the the looks you get at Seattle, that would have been a look on my face because cornhole is definitely something more of a a dirty body area here in Alaska. Well, uh, Kathy's saying it's cornhole as well, so I'm feeling I'm feeling vindicated. Um, Jason O'Neill saying good evening, Broncos country. How's life, Eric and Nick? Life's going pretty well. I think Eric and I kind of flipped. Uh, yesterday I was exhausted, um, and Eric was energy, and today I am uh eight hours of sleep for the first time in God knows how long. Um, and, uh, Eric's more tired. So, uh, feeling pretty good. And, uh, we're going to just make this go as long as we can, uh, to keep it Erica here alive. And, uh, everybody's loving the cornhole talk, uh, coming in here, John Houston coming in saying, just pray to God, <laughs> just praying that God football gods, whatever gods want to worship there, uh, blesses the Broncos with a great year of health. That may be the difference right there. Yeah. You know, health does make a lot of difference. Uh, the Broncos in 2015, I always think about this. If you lost one of those defensive players to injury, you know, who knows how it plays out. Uh, but the Broncos had a lot of health that season. I think the Chiefs actually had a heck of a lot of health last year as well. The Ravens had horrible health uh, issues. Those tend to regress to the mean either way uh, the following season, unless you're the Chargers who are, you know, built their stadium on an Indian burial ground or something. I, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, health will be a big one for the Broncos. Um, biggest question, we'll talk about this at some point though. I mean, the roster I think looks pretty solid. Obviously questions about, the floor of the edge rushing room, giving injuries questions about the overall youth and athleticism, probably in the middle of the defense um, questions about the right tackle spot. Uh, but 
this season right now with the way the roster set up, it's going to be how quickly can this coaching staff get it going and figure it out and put this offense and these guys in a position to succeed. Just don't know. There's so much newness on that offense guys that we don't have a history of them in their roles to have any idea what it looks like. Uh, so that's the biggest question this season, but health definitely right up there. Yeah. And I mean, mentioning it with the health and one factor, I mean, it may have been what you mentioned. I kind of zoned out a little bit reading some of the comments in the chat. Um, but with this health is such a big thing because we don't know how the staff will be able to adapt to, okay, we have a new guy coming in having to start because we lost so-and-so in our starting lineup. Yeah. And that's something that I'm curious to see. So definitely hoping for health because first of all, I don't want, I don't ever want to see any player get hurt no matter how much I dislike them for any team. And I just want them to stay healthy and I mean, it's their careers. And so Hope for that. And then, of course, you know, the fan of me of wanting the Broncos to win and best way to win yeah. is keep your best players out there on the field, which means they have to stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Dirt Boy, this is a family friendly show. Cornhole is a game. It's bags. You know, you have to get the bags on there. And also the Manscaped reads are pushing that line anyway. Uh, talking Cornhole after the Manscaped things like that's fair game. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we also have another question coming in from Dirt Boy saying, uh, do you guys think Broncos are going to be physically imposing team or more of a finesse team? this season this is interesting uh what do you think eric um i think defensively they want to be physically imposing offensively i think they want to be a little bit more finesse okay uh just and that's just simply the styles of the offenses that they're we're, we're projecting them to implement because i mean even though nathaniel hackett's basically said yeah we're going to be an outside zone team uh, which is typically a little bit more finesse obviously you want some bullies up on, on the front and garrett bulls Dalton Reisner, I mean, he even has some bully to him. You like Quinn, him, Quinn Miners, man. <laughs> Quinn Miner, oh yeah, Quinn Miners, of, of course. I mean, yeah. he, he he wants to take your lunch, your dinner, and your next day's breakfast. Um, but yeah, so I definitely think that it's going to be a little bit of both, but I'd say a little bit more finesse because on offense, on offense, anyways, because you're wanting your ball carriers to make people miss, and yeah. which it's going to be interesting to see with Pookie Williams. It's going to be interesting to see how well he can fit and adapt to that which is something that we're going to be talking about on next Friday when coach Luke Polgase comes and joins Lance and I, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think the, the mana, you know, the good stuff is when you can be physical out of finesse formations. And that's something that the Broncos, I'm hoping they can do this season with the likes of, I mean, God, Lord, we talked about it yesterday, the role of Albert Okwavenham, not a good blocker as an inline tight end. Blocker as a wide receiver in the slot. Okay, now that might be something there. Uh, Tim Patrick, last year his blocking, I thought, took a little step back, um, but it should be better this year. Cortland Sutton, also a good blocker as well. Uh, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, got some work to do in that department, but those are something if you can, well, out of 10 or 11 personnel, and get better at the being physical at that point, um, you want to be a bully and be able to do that when the opposing team relents uh, personnel-wise uh, to give those uh, to give that coverage up. I'm going to push back on one thing here with KJ okay. Hamler as a blocker. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt that he wants, he wants to be physical as a blocker. Yeah. His issues are more. So he's just so small Yep, that he, he just can't hold up. Yep. Um, a lot of slot fades uh, coming from KJ Hamler in a football stadium near you soon. Um, but finesse physical. I just hope they're a well-coached team. That's something too. This has been a team that has been undisciplined uh, for too long. And which is kind of for the old ball coach, you know, with Vic Fangio, you think that wouldn't be such an issue, but it was part of that's probably frustrations of being in no man's land with, you know, quarterbacks who we shall not name anymore that are in the past for a reason. Um, but uh, probably a little bit of that, but I'm just hoping to be a team that can execute uh, same goal and uh, whether they become f physical or finesse, 
doesn't matter. Uh, be a well-coached team and be the best versions themselves. I know that's kind of a cliche answer, but uh, is what it is. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. And there's been a lot coming out since Vic Fangio's firing that there was a lot of questions, primarily from the defense, about them not wanting to really play for Vic Fangio and that Ed Donatel, Christian Parker, and a couple of the position coaches are what kept the defense going more so than the head coach. So that's definitely something that you want to change. And that's one of the reasons why I like the energy Nathaniel Hackett brings. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew also coming back in saying, while I live in Chicago, our neighbor was the cornhole master making custom boards. That's awesome. I did work on his roof and a payment. He made me a custom Broncos board. Well, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and uh, share that because I'd love to retweet that. Any custom Broncos boards would be pretty darn awesome. We'd be excited to see that. Uh, Dirt Boy also coming in saying, love the content, guys. Thanks for bringing it 24-7. Yeah, emphasis on the 24-7 for sure. We appreciate it. And you know what? 199 super god bless you because the 24 7 wouldn't happen uh without stuff like that coming in here um make no mistake chad chad sees the bottom line and he knows uh what and who butters his bread so uh, if you guys supporting us like that helps us a heck of a lot um keeps the lights on for us you know dance monkey dance that's what we're up here doing so uh i guess we're the monkeys and chad's the one pulling the the music box here but let's keep it going uh a uh obviously the Defensive lineman, what is his role this season for the Broncos? They talked about the versatility with him. They talked about the length. We kind of talked about his role at Iowa State in that three-three-five defense, which Bill Belichick probably cop. Bill Belichick honestly copied a good bit of what Iowa State had liked to do uh, these past seasons, and it's worked well for the uh, the college game, especially in the Big Twelve. Maybe not as replicable in the NFL game because your rosters are smaller. You can't have that many niche uh, defensive lineman types. But I digress. Uh, your thoughts for? Awuzurike this season in the Broncos. What does it look like year one for him? And uh, also, let's say year three and four. I think year one, we're going to kind of see him as the sub role, kind of filling in a little bit of what um, Ashawn Robinson did Yeah, with, with the Rams. And then I think year two, year three, and so on, we're looking at him kind of some, putting himself as a cemented starter, just filling out that role full time. Yeah, I definitely think that you said it so mad at you for this one. You, you know, it was your pick. Um, you were really excited about it. So I'll give you this, but you hit my nail on the head when you mentioned it in the draft where this is going to be, I believe the way I see it, a very similar to an Ashawn Robinson role of what the Rams did uh, this past season where Ashawn Robinson, despite not playing the nose technique or the zero R one pretty often, he occupied blockers like he was the zero R one across guys to help free up Aaron Donald. That's another thing about the simulated pressures. When you do that, you're trying to create one guy to have that one-on-one and man, if you can do that pretty consistently, you can wreak havoc. So uh, Abuzarike, hopefully going to be able to be big in stunts and twists, uh, taking on blockers and just being a, talking about being a family show. I said this on the live stream as well. More, more of a block gobbler type. Um, he's going to have to be better playing with his pads lower because he is so tall and uh, against double teams, even at the Big 12, which only had like two offensive linemen drafted this last year. Um, I think both of them centers or the interior offensive linemen. Um, he's going to have to be better at playing with his pads lower and if not, he's going to always have issues playing in a gap and a half or two gapping scheme. That's really the big thing. He's long, he's big, but he's almost too tall for how he plays. So uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Is that something that can change? He's already pretty maxed out. I actually think that personally, um, even though you want him to get stronger, I think he could actually maybe be better there if he was a little lighter because then he could be more dictating at the point of attack, you know, pressing a gap versus, you know, just being a plug there. I think that you can – I don't think he's got much room on his frame to really bulk up as is, yeah. but I definitely think he can get rid of some of the bad weight and, and bulk up that way, cutting weight just to add it back as muscle mass. Um, but I definitely think – I mean, 316, I think we would 
it would be best to get him down to being about 300, 305 consistently mm-hmm. and being able to play at that. I th- definitely think that would be a little bit of a help with his athleticism, help him get a little bit mm-hmm. upfield a little bit quicker. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so to speak. Um, but definitely it's, if you cut weight, you want to add back a little bit muscle mass. Um, and it was a similar issue with people had with Quinn Miners with his gut, his famous gut, um, just cutting back on the bad weight there and building yeah. it back in good weight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yes, definitely. Uh, hopefully you become a uh, block gobbler for that defense. So that way they can play more small bodies behind him. Um, so I definitely, uh, totally that line of family friend of the day, but you know, it's, it's Saturday. So we're having a good time. Uh, now we have Turner Yell, uh, the fifth round. They also have uh, Montreal Washington, and uh, we've already talked about Wattenberg a bit, what we think there. So Turner Yell, probably purely special teams this year. Um, I think it's going to be Jamar Johnson. You better bring your big boy cleats uh, this season, PJ Locke as well, because whoever sticks out at special teams is going to get that final safety spot. And a fifth-round pick with four years of control left for Turner Yell. Ty, Ty goes to him every time, even though the Broncos took Jamar Johnson last year. Uh, maybe you can see one of those guys get traded for value, but the that's uh, my thought on Turner Yell and Montreal, Washington, early pick, maybe Lottie da, um, but he better be a good kick returner for that range, considering there was, you know, other players available. Any thoughts on that? I mean, with Turner Yell, Locke and Johnson, you kind of hit it on the head with that one is special teams. Yep. Two of those three got to step up there to make up the roster. And with how they play with my evaluations, them coming out of college or prior to that, Jamar Johnson seems to be the odd man out there. I mean, physicality just isn't his his strong suit. Special teams not his strong suit. Delaren Turner Yell, at least, at least uh, he, he's not he's not afraid to mix it up, and he's definitely he's a pretty capable special teams player. PJ Locke, he showed that last year, so um, I think that's the role we're looking for. Then after that year, we can possibly see him if he develops into this more versatile defensive back role, kind of multiple hat kind of defensive back. Um, yeah. Montreal Washington, bring it as a returner. That's your way onto the roster. That's what you were drafted to do. If you don't do it, well, in my opinion, there's two returners that they brought in as undrafted free agents that are better than you. They brought in Trey Quinn, who's not exactly a um, not not you know the most ath- like explosive athlete, but he's one of those solid returner guys that yeah. he's not going to put the ball on the ground. Um, so I mean, they had, they have other options. So Washington, yeah. balls in your court step up or step back. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, keep it going here. Matt Henningsen, uh, Broncos six round pick. And then Fayon Hicks. I remembered it this time. Um, also don't forget uh CC's bringing up Broncos also brought in J.R. Reed, uh, very cheap, be easy to move on from him. They're really emphasizing that special teams in the back end of the secondary. And I don't think, I think I heard that in the time when George Payton was in Minnesota, no team drafted defensive backs, no team drafted more defensive backs than the Vikings there. So they really like to take a lot of those guys and special teams value. It's going to be big. It might even be more important uh, with the Giro Evero's defense, giving it's going to be very defensive back heavy on the field as well. So good call out there, CC. Um, Matt Henningsen, like him a lot. I think his body type's a little interesting. Um, I wish he was a little bit longer. I wish he wasn't so high waisted as well. He's got a little bit looks like a bullfrog sometimes out there when he's exploding into the offensive line. Great athlete though. Uh, until uh, extremely intelligent, um, can do some gap and a half, uh, two gapping stuff as well. Was asked to do it a lot at Wisconsin. Um, that's the kind of guy that you're betting on every time at that area. I have no issue with that pick at all. And then Fayon Hicks, another Badger there. Um, guy who actually never really stood out to me, uh, watching the Badgers tested well, um, I feel like he stood out in a bad way sometimes, giving up some big plays, but a solid athlete. Um, and just kind of overall draft theory here for the Broncos. I kind of like what they did here, day three. 
Um, some teams, let's say you traded pick uh, 116 or what is it? 116 and the sixth round pick to move up into the third round. I think your odds of hitting a starter with that pick are lower or as high as doubling up on the positions. That's kind of a long way to get here. The Broncos doubled up day three on these players. They really, okay, we need to come away with somebody who can be a position X in the draft and feel good about it. Okay. You come away with uh, Uzurike and Hennington. One of those guys is probably going to hit and be able to give you quality minutes. Which one? I don't know, but you have those extra picks there. You really uh, bolstered your ability to have a positive outcome on one of those guys. Same with the cornerback spot. Uh, Fayon Hicks, Damari Mathis. One of those guys, you increase your odds there to walk away with the starter. So I really like the doubling up here, especially with the early day three with the late day three picks. Yeah, with Enningson, I mean, if if you want to be impressed with him, just turn on the Notre Dame game. I mean, he stood out so consistently there. So did his teammate, who's absolutely a tremendous defensive lineman prospect for next year. Unfortunately, that was a game where Fayon Hicks caught your attention in a bad way. Um, There was one play where he just happened to allow the catch. He had really good positioning, but his lack of length just kind of showed up a little bit and just couldn't hang in there at the end. Um, You could see his physicality. And he just fits one of those. He's just one of those pieces of special teams is your way onto the roster. You got to step up there with Henningsen. I mean, he's got the, his effort is just nonstop. I mean, we all, we, you hear that often. Oh, this guy's motor runs. I had 110% every single time. Matt Henningsen's motor runs at like 500% every single snap of the game, no stop to him. And even late in the game, he's still firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, it's just tremendous, and he's got the makings of a defensive lineman that just hangs around in the NFL for a long time. Maybe not ever develops into like this fantastic starter, but he's just one of those guys that you want in the locker room, you want around other people, or uh, you, around his teammates and everything. Young guys when he gets gets a little bit older because of his intelligence and ability. Because I mean, he's a guy who I believe he can coach after he's done. He's yeah. he's got a high football IQ, high intelligence, works well with others. He just has all, checks all these off the field boxes that you want in your room. And so I think that he's a guy that can stick around for a long time, even as a, as a rotational piece. Yeah. I see a little bit of a uh, Harrison Phillips with him. Um, when I watch his game, a little bit of double, uh, you can see the athleticism, uh, springing out of his step, kind of a weird body type. It just gets it done. So, uh, given I'm surprised he wasn't drafted, uh, invited to the combine. I'm surprised he fell to the sixth round uh, given his athletic measurements. I get that his frame maybe is maxed out a bit. You know, there's not really the proportionate type of body type that you want. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, actually on the not invited to the combine after I saw the invite list for the combine, I saw that he wasn't on it. I immediately reached out to one of my contacts and his response was no idea why that the, um, they had him as a third round player. That may have dropped since then, most likely did, or they just were a team that already took a defensive lineman um, and just didn't want to get at another one for whatever reason because of bigger needs elsewhere or whatever the case may be. But there, there was one team out there that was really high on him and was absolutely stunned he didn't make it, it wasn't invited. Well, out of a Wuzurike as well as uh, Henningsen, Broncos probably got a cheap uh, starter on the defensive line. Maybe. Not 2022. I wouldn't bet on 2022 for that. But 2024, 2025, of those last two years of the deal, um, going to be value there. Uh, so hopefully, um, that's what you want. Uh, also, want to just give a shout out to David McElrath coming in here with the super sticker. Thank you so much, David. We appreciate you. I hope you're doing well. And uh, always good to hear you. He's uh, David and I go way back uh, on a small Facebook group. So shout out to David. Good to see you here. Appreciate you. Um, so now we're getting into it. The, the main topic again with the last you know 10, 15 minutes of the show. 
uh, camp battles that we're most excited about coming up here. And uh, Eric, I'm going to kind of be host here and you kind of give me your thoughts on some of these ones. So these are some of the more interesting battles, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to start with one where the Broncos made some moves this offseason, a lot of movement here. Um, who is going to be the tight end one come the end of the season? Who's going to be the guy who gets the most snaps, most involved? Is this going to be a 12 personnel heavy offense? Is this going to be an 11 personnel heavy offense? Where do the snaps fall uh, for the tight end position? Um, I think by season end, we'll see Greg Dulcich kind of separate himself as being the top guy at the tight end position. Um, few reasons for that. Uh, one of them, I think he just offers up just a little bit more versatility in his effort as a blocker, even though he's not a good blocker. His effort is unquestionable, unlike with Albert Okwebenam. Um, I think we're going to see a, after listening to what Nathaniel Hackett and others have said about Dulcich, we're going to see a niche-type role for Albert O, which just opens the door for Dulcich to really step in. And plus, I mean, the assumption here is Russell Wilson signed off on Dulcich. There was a reason why, and it's going to be he wants him involved in the offense. And do you have any thoughts on when the Dulcich pick happened? I mean, we've liked the smooth athlete, not an incredible athlete. There's a reason he went pick 60 uh, or excuse me, pick 80, um, not pick 20, like Noah Fant. But uh, I was actually surprised to hear Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton just compliment his blocking so much. I think that he's improved a lot there going from wide receiver to tight end uh, early on at UCLA. But uh, to me, he did not look like a great blocking tight end. I actually thought that Noah Fant in Iowa, especially his junior year, was a better blocking tight end on tape uh, than Greg Dulcich. Now that was a little bit um, maybe that he had some benefits there because he had TJ Hawkinson on the other side of him for a lot of those. And TJ would take the more uh, demanding assignment as far as the blocking leave and no offense in the other end. But do you have any thoughts on that? It seems like they liked Olsich's blocking or at least the upside there. I mean, I can, I can see the upside liking the upside for it because when I watched him back and I did this with every draft pick after the Broncos did, I went back and watched him. Um, I could see the reason for belief in his upside as a blocker. Okay. Praise for his work ethic. Praise for his desire that he's never he, he's never satisfied with where he's at. And he made strides as a blocker, and he still has more strides to make. He wasn't a good blocker, but his effort was just nonstop. He wanted to try, and you could see him. He consistently worked for better positioning, um, and it, most of his issues just came down to little bit of technical issues, some some strength issues there as well, which isn't going to help with the transition to the NFL. But there's always a little bit of technique tricks up your sleeve that you can have to improve certain areas or cover up certain areas. And strength as a blocker is one that strong technique can help cover that up. Yeah, absolutely. We got Robert Perez saying, what's up, fellas? Not too much. Just hanging out. What's your, what's up with you, Robert? Uh, you guys are the best inside. It's top notch. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, God, it's, sometimes I have to pinch myself that we're even here having fun with you guys hanging out. So we really appreciate that. That means a, a lot. Uh, also got money more saying can't wait to beat up the lock and the Seahawks. Even if he, even if he plays, um, that would be, that'd be fun. I mean, heck I'm hoping to beat up everybody this season. Um, that's not just lock, you know, no, no hard feelings. Broncos took him in the second round. Didn't work out here. No ill will. Um, think we upgraded happy. That's behind us, but, uh, Good luck, uh, whatever comes next for you, Drew. And uh, I think he's going to carve out a long career in the NFL, whether he is a starter or a backup. So good for him, man. He's going to make millions. <laughs> Dirt Boy also <laughs> coming in and supporting us here. Uh, thank you so much, Dirt Boy. We appreciate that. Benjamin Flores in the house. And good evening, fellas. Cheers. Go Broncos. Nick, loving the hair reminds me of my hair. Untamable. Yeah, I, God, I just, I need to get a haircut. I'm in a wedding <laughs> a week from today. Um, so I'm going to get a cut on Tuesday. But yeah, it's uh, definitely, it's, I got the wave going. I actually had a massive, like, 
froish kind of thing in high school. I played basketball too, so I'd put the sweatband underneath, kind of looking like a moon um, from Tropic Thunder. It was it was not a good look, I gotta say. Um, but uh, keeping it here, the, the positions that really intrigue me: uh, wide receiver three. Um, I think this is one that everybody's penciling in. Jerry Judy. Is it too fast to pencil in Jerry Judy? Is there a chance for my guy KJ Hamler uh, to? give Jerry Judy a real run for his money as that wide receiver three. I mean, he brings more speed. I think he's probably going to make teams think twice more about playing two high defenses, creating more space underneath for Javante Williams. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, potentially seeing more KJ Hamler threatening there. Or is that just, is that way too much of a, a long shot? It's not a diss to Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy. I think it's more that I really like KJ Hamler. I'm a big fan of KJ Hamler. Um. I think it's safe to pencil in Jerry Judy as your wide receiver three. I really think that KJ Hamler's role until he, especially early on in the season, once he starts to show that he can stay out there on the field, that's the biggest question with him. Can he stay out there on the field? Once he shows that maybe his role will expand, but I think it's going to be a very niche role early on. So I think Jerry Judy is going to kind of be locked in as that number three receiver, at least for the first half or so of the season. Yeah. And Peter coming in saying Hamler has the speed, but needs to uh, stop the drops. Um, yeah, you know, that's a that's a good point. The drops are an issue. Part of that is his body type, you know, the contested catch situation. Some of it also is the the balls that were thrown at him, you know, like, uh, oh, KJ Hamler dropped it. Do you remember the the one that got hurt? You know, that, that was a I disagree completely. That was a hospital ball, but it was a bad throw um, in yeah. a contested catch situation. Um, And then there was the game against the Raiders two years ago where Locke threw it into triple coverage over the middle of the field. And KJ Hamler did like a 360 in the air. You know, that's not, that's not his game. Um, you're gonna have to work on him vertically. There are going to be throws sometimes where it's contested catches, but, uh, excited to see what he can do this year. And, uh, just the space that he can create, you know, I think a good speed option in on offenses, it's kind of like a really good three point shooter in basketball. They just create space for others. I mean, even if they're not touching the ball, you have to respect them and that can create, uh, put it on a plate, uh, for other players. It's a reason that, uh, Jamison Williams went 12 overall, uh, despite coming off of an ACL. I mean, what's it going to be like coming off that? We don't know. You know. There's the unknown there, but speed is something that every team could use, use need, desire, want, because it's about those explosive plays. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, he hit in his opening, his uh, introductory press conference, he mentioned that, that they want to attack you. They want to attack the boundaries in the passing game and open up the, open up the way for explosive plays because to score quickly, you need those explosive plays, and that's Hamler on the offense. He's the one that's most likely to get you those big explosive plays. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's very true. It's going to be a big one. Hopefully, his hamstrings can hold up. We'll see. And Jeff saying, uh, is the uh, manscape good for haircuts? I don't know, but if they want to send me a uh, a, a head shaver instead of a ball shaver, they all God, God bless them. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> my hair is untamable. That's that's the, pretty much the bottom line here. Uh, so keeping going here, some other camp battles that are potential camp battles that really intrigued me. We kind of hinted at it earlier, but let's go first to the, actually this one pivoting, stay on the offensive side of the ball, right tackle. Uh, Billy Turner probably seems like the odds on favorite uh, for that spot. Is there a chance for Calvin Anderson or Tom Compton? And what does that look like? Um, I think there's a chance for Tom Compton. I think Calvin Anderson, I think he's kind of, I don't want to say cemented in, but he's, he, he's penciled in as your backup swing tackle. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is with some conversations is that Tom Compton's also going to get a chance at left guard. So if somebody does unseat Dalton Rice there, it's probably going to be Tom Compton with Billy Turner at right at right tackle. Um, we'll see if that opens up for the role for uh, a way for Dalton Rice to do something else on the offensive line. Um, not sure, but it definitely seems like Billy Turner's your top guy right now. Maybe Tom Compton can step in 
but Tom Compton's going to get a chance to compete at multiple positions. I'm excited for Tom Compton. I feel like people are sleeping on him a little bit, and I know that this is a passing league right now. You know, passing, 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 and Tom Compton's pass blocking compared to his run blocking is not great. Uh, he had some issues with size, especially size and length. Uh, Rashawn Gary just beat the absolute hell out of him, as did uh, Eric Armstead. Um, and no, not Eric Von Miller. Yep. That's the one. I was like, Eric Armstead is his own team. That's the wrong one. Rashawn Gary and Von Miller beat him pretty good. Uh, but Tom Compton is really good in the run game. And while we are in a passing era, I think there is something to be said about being so good in the run game department that opposing teams have to respect it. It's uh, if you want to create explosive plays, especially with teams, you know, I guess we'll call them the terrorists of Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley, what they're doing to defenses right now, getting rid of all the explosive plays, uh, making it not as fun. You know, Oh, check down every time I'm not tuning in to watch checkdowns. I want deep touchdowns. Damn it. And Staley and Vic Fangio are taking those away. Um, the best way to counter that is having yourself a dominant, uh, run defender or a run blocker or a running game in general, um, to help create those explosive plays. So Tom, I think there is a role, uh, for Tom Compton and something to be said about, you know, somebody like that who is, questionable in the pass blocking, but so good in run blocking that you have to account for them by numbers, coverages, et cetera, et cetera. Therefore creating explosive plays when teams are playing cover three or cover run. Um, so yeah. uh, go ahead. He, Sorry. he is such a good run blocker. I mean, he ranked number two last year from pro football focus grade, yeah. which take with a grain of salt. I mean, everyone should know that by now, um, but he is such a good run blocker. And even when he turned on tape, those guys who gave him issues as a in pass protection didn't quite give him the same issues as a run blocker. Yeah. Uh, in the running game, that Nathaniel Hackett and them, I think they want to get him on the field in some way. Um, so that's why I think that there's the chance at left guard, and maybe cementing Quinn Miners at right guard is a little bit premature at the moment too. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. David coming in saying, "Nick, you don't want to go bald with uh, Papa Bear. You don't uh, where you don't have hair. I'm I'm appreciating the hair. Like I said, my sister's she, this won't get back to her, but uh, she's getting married this year, and her uh, fiance lost it pretty quickly there. So uh, he's I'm like, oh man, if you got it flaunted, I think is what you got to say on that one. Also, Tommy saying, have a guy growing trees instead of hair. Oh, this is all coming back to the Hobbit, uh, Lord of the Rings talk in here earlier. Radagast man, that dude's living the dream, living out in the forest with all the animals and stuff, having a great old time. Um, that's 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 retirement goals over here. It's getting in. This is the Star Wars guy. This Lord of the Rings over here. Um, we got Chase coming in saying, "Is it unlikely that we see Glasgow and Reisner both starting?" Um, I don't think it's unlikely because I think you could see Glasgow still end up the center. Uh, I think it's based on what we've heard, probably not likely. But if Cushionberry struggles, then it could happen. So you'd see them both. I think the most likely interior guys starting though are Glasgow. Or excuse me, uh, Miners first and then Reisner. Personally, speaking. yeah. I'd say I'd say it's unlikely to see them both starting, but not you know completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. As you said, Nick, I mean, there's still a chance that Glasgow ends up at center. Maybe they feel comfortable moving Miners there, and they keep Glasgow at um, at right guard, and we kind of see Bulls Reisner Glasgow uh, or Bulls Reisner Miners Glasgow Turner. I mean, they have options, and that's going to be the big focus of it. They've talked about it multiple times. Garrett Bowles is really the only guy cemented to start on this offensive line at the moment. And they're going to be looking for the best four next to him. Yeah. And CC coming in St. Glasgow being six, six works against him for the center competition. It does. Um, the Seahawks did uh, go with center. Ethan Pokasik. I believe I pronounced his last name. Pochick. Pochick. I just have seen it. You know, <laughs> never heard it, but I've seen, it, especially with offensive linemen. Um, they never say their names unless they're gods. Uh, but uh, he was a six, six center as well. Maybe that's, 
not something Russell Wilson wants <laughs> to deal with after having dealt with it in the past, but he has worked around it. So if it's the best guy out there, then I think it will be uh, the case. I know the Broncos, if like Cam Jurgens fell to pick 64, he might be a Bronco right now instead of Nick Benito. And then we'd have an diff- entirely different conversation about, you know, Cushionberry trades, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's where we are right now. Um, keep it moving because we're already at 59 minutes. I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball the last five, 10 minutes here. Uh, talked about it already. Um, Broncos, are they going to be playing a 5-1-5 or a 4-2-5, Eric? Gun, they, gun to your head. 5-1-5. It's going to be a 5-1-5. So that, uh, th- this leans into Baron Browning not playing the linebacker reps as much because you want edge rush snaps. There's going to be more edge rush, as much edge rush snaps available as there are linebacker too, because Josie Jewell is going to be the maestro there in the middle for as long as he stays healthy. Really? I think so. Really? I think so. I, I think so most likely, but I'm not with what's coming out about Jonas Griffiths and how much he's grown. What he's showing both through their early practices so far, which of course, granted salt there because it's still super early. Yep. And then with the few meetings and stuff like, there's a chance. I think it's a bit of a long shot, but there's a chance there. There's a lot of like for how much he's run as a player. I'm excited for Griffith. I mean, he had some of the best run defense reps after Josie Jewel Alexander got hurt this last season. So don't, I'm not sleeping on Griffith, but I think that for this season, it'll probably be Josie Jewel Uh, with Josie Jewel's contract, the way it's set up. This leads into Jonas Griffith as a restricted free agent, this upcoming off season, maybe taking that role and running with it, but we'll see. Um, but the one position I'm interested about here on the defense more than anything is we've been talking about it with Uzurike, uh, that other defensive line spot across from uh, the likes of Draymond Jones. I think that based on Giro Evero's early talk in the DJ Jones press conference, DJ Jones has come and taken Mike Purcell's job. Like Mike Purcell might still get a role, but I think it's as likely Mike Purcell is off this team as it is on it uh, come when week one starts. But that other spot, opposite of Draymond Jones, I guess, in that you know, 515 defense, the other defensive end. Who's starting there? What's the battle look like there? That one, I have no idea. I really don't know. I don't think Ajim's good enough against the run for it. Maybe he's taking this huge step forward. We didn't see it last year, though. Yeah. I think Awuzarike is the best one right now. I like Deshaun Williams. He's probably part of that competition there, but I don't think that's his ideal role. Um, so Jonathan Harris, maybe. He was a big fan of the old staff, maybe not so much in the new staff. One of those guys that uh, kind of hinted at it last night is the old blood player that's may not be the new blood. Um, so uh, I don't know. Um, it's part crazy. of me hope it's a Wuzurike, but I don't. I really don't want to go and say like, oh yeah, it's going to be a Wuzurike just because he's a rookie. And it could be one of those things with you know the body types and the very specific type of roles. It's something that the Rams have done exceedingly well um, over these last few seasons, where they're looking for guys who are really good in you know one or two areas, and then they come in and play that role. It's how they've managed to. Uh, and everyone makes the joke about Rams say f them picks. They picked as much as anybody over the last few seasons. It's just they're picking you know round four, five, six, and seven because they're killing the comp pick game. Um, but they find these very specific role players and only put them in those spots to do it. So maybe you see a Wuzurike first and second down with McTelvin Najim on third down where they're still playing that five, one, five, cause it's or even a, a four, one, six kind of look there. Uh, but we'll be interesting to see there. Uh, no doubt on that one. Um, we have Travis coming in with a question saying, uh, curious, has anybody picked up Kenny young yet? Not to my knowledge. Um, Kenny young was fine for the Broncos last year. Definitely a breath of fresh air after uh, the, monstrosity <laughs> that was the Cleveland Browns game from the linebacker group from the Broncos. Uh, but uh, Kenny Young's still out there. So is Alexander Johnson. I'm, I am a little bit surprised that Alexander Johnson's still available. I know he's a little older because of what happened at Tennessee. 
um, and him not starting his career. I think he's a 26 year old rookie uh, when he came to Denver, but um, Kenny Young being out there still doesn't surprise me that much. Um, it's a little bit tongue in cheek when I say this one, but uh, but it's like, oh man, why would you bring back Josie Jewel? Kenny Young and Alexander Johnson are better. Learn ball. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> um, hashtag learn ball. No, but um, for sure, that's definitely an interesting battle. Uh, and hopefully, Kenny Young and Alexander Johnson get picked up soon. Happy to have Josie Jewel back for the contract they do. Uh, last spot here for me that I want to talk with you before we get on out. I think we already said, you know, Cream Jackson playing that first spot. Kwan Williams right now is the only guy in this roster that on paper, I feel good about playing a heavy dose of slot snaps. Caveat being last year, do you know who the Rams number one player for slot snaps was last season? Um, I used to. It's far and away one player. Um, Oh, Jalen Ramsey, wasn't it? It's Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey played as much slot as he did boundary last season. Um, so I think there is a, a future, a possibility where you see uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, who's now, I would say, as good of an athlete as Jalen Ramsey um, on, on the field. Jalen Ramsey, I think his t- tape and his athleticism has dropped a bit. He's still an amazing cornerback, um, no doubt. But I don't think he was what he was, you know, two years ago. Uh, but it had a lot of slot snaps this last year. Do you, I, I guess, leading into that, do you see Sertan maybe getting that role, or is he just too valuable on the outside? I, I won't lie to you guys. All these people in you know, Broncos have a terrible offense. That's great. I love defensive scheming and how that comes together. And I am fascinated to see how this looks. So I'm where are these guys going to go? I, I think he's too valuable, valuable on the outside. I mean, okay. Franchise corners are so hard to find. Right. And on the boundary. Um, I think that's what I think. I think that's what you're looking at for him. Um, Quan Williams. And I mean, I mentioned about it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Mathis in the nickel, if we have to, yeah. um, Kareem Jackson can drop down there. I think a big reason why they did what they, that they drafted the way they did was so they could have this versatility on the back end. Um, I just hope like you, that a song bossy doesn't end up out there seeing a lot of time as a nickel. I'd probably, I'd probably rather turn to Der- um, Turner yell or Hicks at this yeah. point, because at least we don't know what they are. We know a song bossy is bad. Yeah. It's, you don't have to go for his whole life there, but uh, yeah, he struggled. <laughs> no doubt about that. Other uh, one who, one who sticks out for me that you didn't mention here, so I'm glad about it. Um, right now on paper, my favorite second slot option is Caden Stearns. Um, he played as many free safety reps last year as he did box as he did slot. Um, let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, last season for Caden Stearns. Where is he at? He's right there. Uh, 94 box snaps, 119 free safety, 97 slot. Um, he's really good. He's a really good athlete. He can wear obviously wear multiple hats. Um is am I crazy here saying that Caden Stearns is your backup slot if something happens? Well, I mean, he definitely could be. Um, reason why I, went, I mentioned Kareem Jackson, not Caden Stearns, is I believe that Kareem Jackson will be your third safety. Stearns kind of said, um, being that other too high safety, mm-hmm. but whoever loses that battle, I think you could do it. I mean, you could even see have it be a situation where Stearns is that number two safety there, but he's still the one that they're dropping down into the box yeah. or into the slot. I'd still rather Kareem Jackson watching Kareem Jackson last year work as uh, one of those two high safeties um, left me worried quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's definitely lost a step. So, I mean, definitely either one of them works. I'm a big fan of Caden Stearns. Um, I'm excited for what he can bring. And hopefully he shows he, he shows consistently what we saw last year on tape at times. Because last year, as good as he was for uh, at moments, the consistency just wasn't there. Yeah, and uh, bringing it back around here to Quan Williams and uh, bringing it all the way around to wrap up the show and put a nice little bow on it. Keep talking about, this is the theme of the show today, simulated pressure um, up front. 
you're talking about not only Baron Browning in that role, you're not only talking about uh, the Broncos first pick this season in uh, Nick Benito, Quan uh, Williams as well. An incredible blitzer, very physical. Um, you want to talk about, you know, n- not necessarily blitzing, but who is coming and who's going when you have an option who is as physical and as good of a blitzer as Kawan Williams is as well. When Baron Browning and Nick Benito could easily play the Ed and drop back or Randy Gregory. I think you can do a lot of different things uh, up front with those guys. So I'm really excited to see um, some of these pressure packages that the Broncos can cook up this season, just to create chaos, not only for the opposing quarterbacks, but the offensive line, uh, the Broncos do have to, <laughs> the thing is it's kind of like a, you know, eating your vegetables, so to speak. You know, you have to clear your plate to get to dessert. These fun things that you can talk about, you know, these pressure packages, simulated pressure, et cetera, et cetera. You got to do the work on first and second down to create third and six plus to get to these. Otherwise, you know, on third and two, you're trying to get fancy with dropping a defensive lineman into coverage. Guess what? If they run at that one, <laughs> you're in trouble. It needs to be those long third and down kind of looks. So I'm a little bit concerned about the Broncos on first and second down. They weren't great there last year. That's obviously why you paid DJ Jones. Hopefully Bradley Chubb back healthy will help there as well. Getting Malik Reed off the field will help there as well um, for run defense. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on that as well? And uh, am I just, uh, am I just chasing a logical conclusion here for Nick Benito and all these talk about moving Brown <laughs> it, it all screens and points to simulated pressure as being a huge thing for this Broncos defense this season. I mean, I, th- I think that is going to be a huge thing for them is that they're really trying to focus on improving the run defense. Again, as you mentioned, why they went out and got DJ Jones um, and other and other aspects. Quan Williams, as you mentioned, really good blitzer on there. They have this ability to just disguise coverages and make quarterbacks guess. And the more you can make quarterbacks guess, the more likely you are to end with a positive play um, for the defense. So that definitely seems to be. And like you, I'm really excited to see what they do on defense. Not just not necessarily for the scheme aspect of it, but for the how they use these players because that is something that I could turn around and use and help better certain things with draft coverage when it comes to the Broncos finding these body types and these roles that they're looking for and they're filling and how they're using it and how that all piles together. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the season and not just because of the quarterback play. It's mainly because of quarterback play, though, right? Like that's <laughs> emerging from the uh, the darkness it's... that had been the Broncos for a while. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett energy and everything is fun too, but uh, my goodness, it's <laughs> it's seventy five percent quarterback because I mean, last year we we've talked about it before how draining it was just having the same conversation over and over and over again. Um, and it's nice that we don't have to. We've got Russell Wilson, and since we have Russell Wilson, nothing else really matters. And I'm trying to find Peter Milton's comment here. He said, if you guys don't have time uh, to get to it, uh, my Twitter question, then uh, please get to it later. Add me on uh, Twitter. I'll be happy to talk about it, Peter. I'm not sure exactly which one you're talking about. Um, do you have any any idea what he's talking about, Eric? I'm not sure what he's uh, what you're talking about, Peter. So, yeah, definitely just at Nick and I. And we're both happy to answer your questions on Twitter. Anybody's questions on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also, I'm going to pull up here in just a second the uh, – image here from uh if i can do it here view document let's pull it up in a come on why are you doing this to me i guess i'll just share it this way um but we got a uh chad just texted me instead of emailing me so i had to email it to myself because it can never be easy um but we got the uh the boards here um from andrew baker these custom custom boards these are not for sale um i don't believe although uh if you guys super chat us and maybe no i'm just kidding um but uh no these are at sick andrew uh thank you so much um and uh see how much money question i'm not sure peter yeah just type it out here and we'll get to it we'll type us out your question that's what we'll uh we'll get out on here 
Um, but uh, that's those are sick boards there. We uh, really appreciate it, uh, and, uh, Baker, coming in here. Also, we got a question here from Donnie Boy while we're waiting for Peter to write out his question. Um, he said straight after Dan's question. So hopefully we'll find that here. Question uh, brought in Trinity Benson to Detroit from you guys. Is he any good? We are ready to call. We are ready to call call it quits. Uh, Trinity Benson, really good athlete. Um, thank you for the fifth round pick on him as well. Uh, but uh, who knows um, how that works out? And I see Peter's question right here. We'll get to that one. Uh, Trinity Benson can be good. He's probably more of a back end of the roster kind of guy. Um, special teams will be big for him, but you can you can do worse than him. I'm when we're pulling for him here in Denver. He's been a fun player. Um, Peter asking who on the offensive line earns a new contract. Why does anybody uh, from the Broncos offensive line have to earn a new contract? I mean, you could, I guess we could see uh, the likes of uh, Graham Glasgow, maybe getting a veteran kind of sweetheart deal. Like, okay, we like you not for this price, but if you can come back and play that versatile backup guy again, God bless you. We'll have you here again. And maybe something similar for a one-year deal, Tom Compton, Billy Turner situation. But I don't think as far as earning a new contract, it's going to be a situation where the Broncos are going to be looking to outbid anybody for these guys, especially with the contracts are coming up right now. I mean, you can create some space moving on from Graham Glasgow. You can create some space moving on from Ronald Darby, but Draymond Jones is going to get a big deal. Bradley Chubb hopefully is good enough this year that you have to choose about tagging him or not. And while I know that Russell Wilson's contract with the extension, you can lower the cap hit um, next season while making it ballooning in future years, which is not the worst bet to make considering that the salary cap is probably about to explode uh, with the new TV deals coming in. Uh, but um, for me, it's really, I'm not really tripping over myself to pay big money for any of these guys that are going to be on potentially on the way out. I don't see any of them as building block players in the offensive line. Yeah, Garrett Bowles going to have to play better than he did last year, but still he's a building block player in the offensive line. And I think Quinn Miners is as well. The rest of them though, I would not say so right now. I mean, one year deals for cheap, no. flip them for a compensatory pick. Yep. Maybe. Absolutely. I mean, as you said, maybe a Graham Glasgow, something cheaper, maybe Tom Compton. I don't think Billy Turner will be back. I think that he'll be one that's going to aim for a bigger contract elsewhere. Because um, what the Packers were a little late in letting him hit free agency, right? Yeah, they kind of held yep. on to him for a little bit, um, which always hurts. So that can be a, a way for that. And I think that that was part of the Denver's plan with how they made how they some of these guys they signed. They're looking at compensatory pick options. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully we got to your question there, Peter. Uh, we appreciate you and appreciate everybody uh, coming in today and supporting us. Obviously, as Mile High Insiders, Luke will be back next week. I won't be. I will be celebrating one of my good friends' uh, wedding, flying back to the Midwest. So uh, make sure you're tuning in then. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll be live again with the Huddle Up show with Chad and Zach coming back. So make sure you're tuning in for that. Follow Eric and I on Twitter. Eric is at Eric Trickle, as you can see here. And I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at MHI underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, find our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. If you're listening to us after the fact or you listen to a podcast like I do, I'm a psychopath on podcasts. I'm walk the dog, you know, three to four miles a day. And I listen to podcasts on two times speed. And I also do a lot of uh, administrative work um, for the scientific trials that I work on. Guess what? Podcasts going on. So I'm a big iTunes podcast. person if you are as well find us on itunes a huddle up podcast and uh, scroll down and leave us a five-star rating uh that helps us a lot uh, there's a lot of good broncos content out there content creators but i like to think that we're special because you guys you got your contribution the community here that's what makes mile high huddle different than anywhere else so uh we appreciate you if you do that to, and be you know part of that community uh speaking out for us and 
as we speak out for you guys. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please click the subscribe button or smash the subscribe button. Hit that bell notification at the top. Share this show uh, wherever you listen to the shows or wherever you listen to your podcast and on your social medias. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Eric, what's the rest of your night looking like? Hopefully you can get some sleep for uh, your big surprise for your wife on Mother's Day tomorrow. Yeah, super big surprise. Um, whatever that may be. Uh Gonna go eat. Gonna go play some Lego Star Wars with the wife and the Ooh. kid and just spend there some family time before getting to sleep. <laughs> All right. Well, um, appreciate you for joining us today. Um, appreciate everyone for joining us today. Uh, like I said, hit the like button on the way out. Make sure you're following Eric and I on Twitter. I will be back again uh, Monday morning for a Broncos for breakfast with uh, Scott. So appreciate you guys. Everyone choose kindness, choose compassion. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And if you haven't called your mother yet, please call your mom um, if you can. If you haven't, you know, uh, you're you're in our thoughts uh, this week. I know that's got to be tough um, for those people. So love you guys. Uh, have a good one. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.